Welcome to Telling It Like It Is. I'm your host, Matt the Godfather Ely. And uh, Veronica's back with us this week. Yeah, I took a couple weeks off, but glad to be back. And uh, yeah, yeah, we did. We took a couple weeks off. Hope everybody's enjoying your summer. It's It's been, I, as I said, I'm a person who loves the heat, so I've been liking these hot days in New York City that we've been having. We're upstate now. We're actually taping upstate, and I feel like the weather yesterday and today has been perfect. Not too hot, not cold, but just right. Leave the windows open type weather. So if you hear the birds chirping in the background, that's because, you know, it's still summertime. <laughs> Letting the breeze in. Man, it's been... Uh, been an interesting week um we had a lot of stuff happen this week uh oj got paroled which uh i don't know if anybody was surprised back by that like i i saw that coming in i didn't i didn't think for a minute that he wasn't going to get parole simply because um a lot of people are hell-bent on proving the system works not to use hell bent in a negative connotation, but you know, people want to prove that the system does actually work. And in order for them to do that, they had to establish we are not trying him for previous cases. This case and he didn't right, right. he didn't get in trouble while he was in jail. He followed all the rules. So by all standards, uh it makes sense that they would pro him. And let's be honest, he's OJ. Yeah, you know, he's OJ. Uh so I expected him to get some kind of privileged treatment. Um, you were so young when the when the his original trial happened. You yeah. probably don't remember anything no. about it. I think I remember. When was that? Like, what year was 1990, that? Nineteen ninety. The trial itself was nineteen ninety five, ninety six. I would know this because I was in high school and at Stephen F. Austin, and I remember watching the trial in my English class, watching so, the verdict come in in my no, English. So class. anything I've seen has probably just been like, like replayed news footage stuff like that i don't think it was really anything i remember experiencing as a child so um i actually just realized who the juice was this week i was like i am like i was everyone kept saying the juice the juice and then i'm like wait the juice (laughs) oj okay i i just didn't know that was what people called him i don't I don't know. I only ever yeah, heard was, him called that was OJ his name Simpson, from so. USC to the Bills. Oh well, uh, you know, not he, a sports fan, so I guess I missed that. Yeah, I was like, he is definitely. He athletically speaking, he is one of the best running backs of all time. Um, yeah. So that happened, um, and then the same day, um, Chester Bennington committed suicide from Lincoln Park, and yeah, that's, uh, that stinks. That was really that's that's sad. Yeah, so it it's really sad. You know, I was thinking like Hybrid Theory was one of the best albums I think ever made. I remember when I got that album, it was back when I used to drive to Texas like every month to see my daughter. So it was one of those drives down where I I listened to that album from front to back on repeat, down and on the way back up. Yeah, I used to fall asleep listening to it in my Walkman. Yeah. But I used to, it would wake me up in the middle of the night. I'd fall asleep to it, and then I would be woken up by like a loud part of a song, and then I would jump awake. But I would do it every night. That was 
I think I was in third grade. It was the first CD I ever got, and I still have it. I have the original CD. And so since Linkin Park released Heavy a couple months ago, um, it came out on Spotify, I actually started re-listening to all of their um, old music. So I've been, like, rocking out to Linkin Park over the last few months, and it's obviously so nostalgic for me because that was uh, 15 years ago, I think, that I was um, listening to those songs. Um, And then, it, you know, so they were definitely present in the media, and um, uh, Mike Shinoda did a... um, a segment where he watched children, like children now listen to their old music and just kind of elaborated on like how it is to be an artist and to be criticized and how you can never please anybody. And um, so when I heard about Chester's death, I it was just like, man, like I, you got to think that it's probably related to the fact that they are on tour and um, that they just released new music and obviously he struggled with that mental illness for his entire life. So I was just really, really sad. It's really sad to see that, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm still, I'm still listening to it. If you haven't heard heavy, definitely check it out. And everything makes sense though. When you, when you listen to their music. So mm. very sad. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. I, and you know, the other thing I have to say is that the thing about Lincoln park was for people like me who are like musical, addicts who like hip-hop is obviously in my dna it's but you know being a hip-hop being in a hip-hop group and growing up with rap probably being my favorite music but also almost equally loving rock and many other types of music i felt like lincoln park was almost like that new designer drug because they infused all the elements together so beautifully it was like it was it was it was just amazing the way that it was all incorporated together and it was yeah and it's it was it was an amazing transition in music then and tragic loss and thoughts and prayers with his family. Okay, so I'm gonna we're gonna try a new segment here where we talk about BS headlines. And you know, one of the things that we talk about we have mentioned in the show many times with the age of information is that headlines can be very misleading. Um, not that articles can't too, but headlines, especially because a lot of people don't read past headlines. So a headline that I saw that it pissed me off and even reading the article was a little annoying because I felt like this is one of those headlines that in terms of, um, when it comes to people of color and advancement of people in color, I felt was very divisive and it was from the New York times and the hide that the headline was, Viacom signs Tyler Perry a blow to Oprah Winfrey's network. And it's meaning because Tyler Perry was on Oprah's network with his shows and now he inks another major deal with Viacom and he'll be on there. And this is why I feel like it's BS because it's implying that as if Oprah will have a hard time finding new content for her network which she's Oprah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and I, I I don't even think, I feel like Oprah probably is what she wants to do, help other people climb that ladder. So if Tyler, if Oprah will help be a catalyst to advance Tyler's career and now he's able to make a bigger deal with them that makes more sense for him to do with Viacom, I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's not, it's not a competition. Right. Like there's enough food for 
you know, people to eat and grow together. And it just, I don't know, it really rubbed me the wrong way when I read it. And Well, I think a lot of headlines, especially depending on where it, where the article's coming from, they always have to pit two bodies against each other. You know, it's always got to be something dramatic like that. You know, you can't just report anymore, it seems. It's got to be you know, who did it better, you know, this versus this. So it makes sense. But obviously people people with critical thinking skills like yourself can, that's why it bothers you because you don't just take any, you know, anything that's presented to you as is at face value. You just got to learn. Like we go back, going back to our media literacy hmm. conversation, you just got to learn to think for yourself when you, you know, when you read these headlines. Yeah. Yeah. Step it up, New York Times. Stop with the device. Oh, it was BS. New York Times. Yeah. So anyway, that was this week's BS headline. I'm sure next week we'll have another one. So anyway, today's show topic is about religion, which is a major, major factor. It's hard to deny religion plays a major role in just the human species. Uh, I mean, it has for going back to almost the beginning of our existence, but uh, especially today. In society and government and whatnot, and we're just we're gonna talk about is it you know is it a helping heal the human race or is it destroying the human race? Is it you know uh, a good thing or a bad thing? So the one plus one equals two. The textbook definition of religion: the belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. A, particular system of faith and worship, and a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance. So anything falling under these categories is considered religion. Um, MDG says this when it comes to religion. Um, I think that religion can be good or it can be bad, just like many things. Um there are over 10,000 religions in the world. Um, and, you know, the three main religions of the world are the Judeo, the Judeo-Christian religion is uh, pretty dominant with its three sub-religions, which is Christian Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And each of those has dozens and dozens of subsects of those religions. Um, I was raised uh our parents you know veronica you were pretty you were pretty young when they passed so you don't remember but the majority of my life uh as a child uh my mom and dad were very religious mom was a strict irish catholic from a strict irish catholic family and um up until the age of 14 it was mass every sunday it was cce every week up into high school you know, all the sacraments. I was an altar boy. And then, um, you know, and as I walked through life studying many different religions, um, I ultimately found myself to identify the most with the Islamic faith in the faith sense as far as what I believe. I believe, I do believe in a creator. Um, I think it makes sense, and we'll get into that. A little more, I'll explain why. 
Um, I believe in prophets because I think that if we were created, that it makes sense that there were there are going to be people that possess gifts to share with humanity and or messages that come from a higher realm. Um, that would make sense. Uh, what I don't believe in, and this is why I'm like pretty independent and I don't ascribe to any particular religion in itself. I'm a person, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a person of faith. I don't consider myself religious is that I find a hard time when it comes to the writings and people who believe that you can define our exact existence by something that was written hundreds or thousands of years ago by human beings. You know what I mean? Regardless of what, at the end of the day, the print on the pages that you're reading was put there by a human being and human beings are not flawless. So I have a hard time with that. And especially when it comes to things that are taught from a religion that blatantly before my eyes contradict what I know in my heart or I can see is not right. Mm -hmm. And I can't with good conscience follow something like that and be like, yeah, I'm going to follow. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to, because that's what our religion teaches so, um, and I also am a strong believer in the separation of uh, church or, and state. Right. I think that it's very important that religion, people's own religion, be something that is an individual that works for you, something you choose, but not something you push on other people. Um, so, that's, that's my thoughts. What's yours, Veronica? Um, my thing is, I believe that spirituality and faith are key to living a fulfilled life. I would, I would say that they are almost crucial for most people, but I do think that prescribing to any one religion or one person's teachings can be very dangerous. And I do think it can do more harm than good. I don't think in, I don't think in all situations, but I think for a a lot of situations, if you follow anything to, um, adamantly, I guess, if you, you know, you refuse to see any other way, I think that's when it can become dangerous to yourself, to society, you know, in general. So introducing our guest today, he's, uh, another one of my favorite people. We've been friends for, uh, quite, quite a few years now. Um, he identifies as a Christian, uh, Rick's a hilarious comedy writer he also writes other types of scripts as well as a matter of fact he's got uh his project the stay is in production now um and he's worked on several other projects i don't know what i i know him well so i don't know what i'm allowed to talk about or whatnot we'll let him plug what what not at the end of the show um rick identifies as a christian i know him to be a very spiritual person and uh welcome to the show rick harlock thanks man it's a pleasure uh, to be on the show I know, like, I'm probably, what, five, six, seven episodes late. It would have been nice to get in on some of the other ones, but, oh, you know, sure. start where I can. Oh, write sure. an email. Yeah, yeah, write some emails. Yeah, anonymously, yeah. under different names. So, Rick, tell us a little bit about uh, your journey. Okay, uh, it's a long one, definitely. Um, well, when I was younger, um, talking in my single-digit years, I remember going to my grandparents' church uh, with my parents in uh, Catholic church locally. Um, didn't like it. I don't know if it was the ADD or the boredom itself of being in there. I just could not, you know, I mean, I wanted to sleep, you know, in the pew 
you know. I fell asleep uh, at church every single time. It's it's soothing. It's the organ. <laughs> you know. I, I definitely mean? did it's it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Until um, my mom pinched the shit out of me. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd get nudged here and there, and um, then I, I fought it. And uh, then uh, my parents started going to their own church, um, just based on you know the town that they lived in, instead of actually traveling to the next town over. Um, and I believe that church was possibly Catholic, or I'm not sure if it was Catholic or Christian, because I started refusing to go, and um, it, it got into a big uh, war in the household. Where it was, if you're not going to church on Sunday, you're not going out of the house on Sunday. So I would actually prefer to sit in the house while my friends played outside just to not go to church. And <laughs> so I don't know if that made me oh, love religion or hate it or uh, I don't know. But it, that that's how much I didn't want to go sit in church for an hour. And it took a while until um, actually I felt comfortable with it. I think maybe, you know, there's a lot of churches and they structure them different. And some have, uh, you know, praise and worship and lots of singing and house bands, <laughs> you know. So, which makes it a little bit, you know, better, you know, for me to sit there and endure it. So it wasn't until many years later um, that I actually, you know, a lot of things were going on in my life. Um, you know, there was... Uh, periods of times which you know like a lot of people have like their little drug phase or their drinking phase um and you you need kind of guidance you need you need something to kind of hold your life together to try to help you make sense of things and um that's what I found uh you know I needed like a rule book or something you know something to go by um so I started going to church you know at that point and liked it found a church that was actually more conducive you know, for my ADD <laughs> or whatever, you know, it was pretty diverse and everything. So, and it was a Christian church, different from the ones that my parents go to. And uh, from that point on, um, as well as just the church experience, um, I was always constantly reading on other religions and trying to see how they translate into Christianity, you know, as well. And so that not to be is divided, you know, in my thought and actually look at everyone else's an outsider or that they're, you know, doing it the wrong way. You know, like I didn't want to have my own personal crusades going on in my head or a witch hunt where that I'm looking at everyone else like they got the wrong idea, you, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much uh, the background. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's really, that's a good thought. Yeah. And, and it's funny because it's, it's uh you know, so for me, I was... uh my, as I said, my parents, my mom was a, comes from a very strict Irish Catholic family. Like my grandparents have 20 children. So that should their own congregation. Yeah. And my mother had eight kids and like, they didn't believe in birth control. They didn't believe in, um, and, um, so for me growing up, um, I remember thinking like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff we were taught as a, when I was, a, when I was a young child was that if you weren't catholic you weren't going to heaven like the only exactly if you, you had to be catholic and you had to confess your sins and you had to get communion and that anybody who wasn't uh wasn't going to heaven so that's what we were taught but then what would happen is i would notice like if my parents had friends that were other religions and whatnot and then us as kids we hadn't learned yet you know like the you don't you know, you don't say certain things to certain people. We're just thinking this is what we're taught. And so we'd get in arguments with the other kid. You're not going to heaven. And then I started to see, like, 
if, if you really believe that mom and dad, how come you don't say that to your friends or how come you're still friends with these people or how come this or that? So there was like the little things. And then this is what would happen to me. I noticed from a, a, a kid in church, I always felt a closeness to God. Like I, I would pray. I would always like, um, you know, I wouldn't say I hated church. I didn't love to sit through church all the time. What made me like church more is that in Catholic churches, there's no dress code, so to say. And when we moved to Texas and the people would, you know, there would be a lot of girls wearing short skirts and, and whatnot. And so as a young kid, I would just check out all the girls. I'm like, Oh, you know, things like that. So I've done that guilty. That, that would be like what I like. I started to like most about church by the time I was in like third grade is like, Oh, I'm going to see, Oh, I'm going to see Rebecca crawl there or, you know, or whoever the girl was that I had a crush on. Um, so yeah. Um, but, um, I think by by the time I was 14, what happened was I watched my my mother. I I realized something. My mom had me very young. She married young at 18. She had me when she was 19. My mom grew up and went from Montrose, Pennsylvania to Appalachian, New York, and never left that until that's a big house. She moved to the big city of Binghamton (laughs) when she moved down out on her own, which is where she met my dad. And until we moved to Houston, Texas, she really didn't other than the little exposure she would have when my dad would take her to New York city, which even then was very sheltered to, you know, her experience with, with my dad's family and a couple other people. She didn't really know much about the world. So I actually kind of watched my mother grow as we grew. And by the time I was 14, my mom went back to school when I was 12 and she started working. She went from being the housewife, mother, caretaker to going out and being a cold breadwinner and, and and working. And as that happened, her mentality started to change. And I started to notice, I'll never forget the first time I was 14 years old and I was like, oh man, are we going to have to go to church? I don't feel like going to church today. And then I noticed the clock was ticking and I'm laying in bed, I'm laying in bed. I woke up and I was like, we didn't go to church. I'm like, and I get up and I go downstairs thinking something's wrong. Well, I was just down there watching TV and I'm like, are we going to church today? Well, I was just like, no, that's short. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, at that point, you know, you're 14. I got, I got a life. I got things I want to do. So then it happened the next Sunday and that started happening. I was like, I finally, then I started to be like, mom, are you okay? Are we, what? and she kind of, you know, in a nutshell without going all out. It started to be honest. She she basically thought she started to realize like the church is bullshit, and it made me think back to when I was a kid in CCE class. There were certain aspects of Catholicism that never made sense to me. Like I never understood the whole crucifixion. I would I was always like, but wait a minute, why did this happen? Why? And they're like, well, Jesus died for your sins. I'm like, yeah, but why? Why would God make him do? And they were no explanation they gave me i was always like but that doesn't make sense that's sick and twisted and god is all powerful and loving why would he that how does that and the the ultimate answer would be which is typical catholicism well you just have to have faith and if you thought elsewise you were being blasphemous and were made to feel guilty so i was like i don't want to be you know you always had the image of the crucifix like catholicism is a very based on like remember jesus went through this for you so the guilt is a major part of that. You feel like it's my fault. It's I put Catholic the guilt. I put the nails through Jesus's hands. If if I question anything, um, 
so as I got older, um, I I started to uh, I I so when my mom stopped going to the Catholic church, um, my dad only converted to Catholicism for my mom. My dad was still a spiritual and faithful person, so he he would go to other even throughout my childhood. Every now and then, we went to mass every Sunday, but sometimes we would go to Wednesday night services at a Christian church, a regular Christian church. My dad would, my mom wouldn't, but my dad would. Um, so then we started going to other churches, and I got church expo- shopping. Yeah, we got exposed to like the the Assembly of God Church or Pentecostal churches that are non-catholic and you know you don't pray to statues and you don't pray to medals and this there's not a prayer for every saint yeah 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 (laughs) but it was still you know very um even though there wasn't crucifixes everywhere it was still based the belief on jesus dying for your sins and jesus christ is your lord and savior and that's the only way i'm the truth and the light and the only way to heaven is through me so there was still the guilt would be pushed about little things, you know, oh, you have to do this or are you doing that? And that's what I and really, they really forced like the you're not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I started so to realize is politics. I, I started to sense I'm like, there is a sense of it's about control. I'm like the hierarchy, you know, the preacher and then you have the youth minister. And if you're going to be part of this, um, I left out, I was on the youth board in, in my, in my, uh, church, in my Catholic church before we left the Catholic church. So then I naturally was drawn to, you know, me being a vocal person. I've always been the vocal person and a performer and someone in the spotlight. So I would gravitate towards those people. And as I would get sucked into those circles, I would start to see that there's a lot of politics and hypocrisy here. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And 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 also like I grew up in Southwest Houston where the it was extremely diverse. And so there was a lot of Muslim students and Hindu students and things like that. And even though I wasn't fully knowledgeable on it, I didn't understand what they actually believed cuz actually to truth be told, I I didn't know the difference between Muslims and Hindus for a long time even though I went to school with with both, but we just didn't really talk religion. Um I never knew the connection between Islam and Christianity and all that. And, we'll yeah, t- and plus, talk there's not too many bit. Muslims or Hindus knocking on your door to teach you. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. <know? laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, for me, um, I never, at that point, while my parents were still living, I never really abandoned I still had my faith in God, and I still considered myself a Christian. I think I was still just trying to find myself, trying to find what worked, what worked for me without the constant feeling judged all the time. Um, well, there's a lot of religions out there, and even all of them, you, you know, you have the ones that are extremist, and then you have, I mean, even the Christian church. I, I don't even know what they're up to. I remember when. Uh, Luther, you know, the Lutheran church. Oh, I mean, Martin when that, Luther, yeah. Yeah, when Martin Luther uh, uh, went around. I mean, that was a big deal, you know. And now there's, I don't even know how many different, you know, sects of uh, Christianity. I mean, it, it probably goes on and on and on, but then you break it down even further. And then uh, if you're in the church, there's, you could be in the same church with a few hundred people that are in the same congregation there. And, Every one of you is going to have different interpretations, um, different experiences, and 
sins that you kind of rate. Okay, this ain't so much of a bad sin. I'll do this one. You know, everybody's individual. So, like, uh, the way that I perceive it is that religion, you know, how many people are in the world? Mm-hmm. What, seven, seven billion? billion? There's seven billion religions then. Yeah. I mean, everyone may identify with one thing. They may use their uh, framework, their set of rules, their code of conduct, um, their customs, and everything. But I really am to the notion now that everybody has their own religion because it's going to be different for you than it is with everyone else. Um, that's why I think the important thing for people to do is actually get out there and get educated as to what other religions are because you're not going to respect them unless you kind of know them and understand them, at least to some degree. You don't have to become a master and have a doctorate's you know, but, that, but that's the thing is that many people who follow their religion believe that they are right and the rest of the world is wrong. So I don't think there is a respect there. There, There is a lack of respect. It's my religion is this. I mean, we'll just for the sake of the majority of people I know, we'll use Christianity as an example. But I have actually had conversations with with people who were Christians, like devout Christians. And I said, well, what about the rest of the people in the world who have their, who follow this religion? And this person said, well, they're wrong. And um, obviously we're not going to take one person's um, opinion on a matter and say it's the whole religion, but you know, he learned that somewhere and you, you know, everybody knows that that is a very common thing it's like and that's why we have the missionaries because they're you know they're saying that i am bringing you this religion and you have a choice now to either accept it or not to but if you don't you're wrong Mm -hmm. and that's where i that's what that's what bothers me is like it's not um and i have my faith and i have my religion and you know that's good enough for me it's I know I'm right and I need to convert as many people as possible. Mm, and right. that's where, that's where, in my opinion, it gets, that's aggressive and dangerous. And I agree. Yeah, I agree too. Unfortunately, I, I agree. that, that is what they're, that's what they're told. You know, it's your job to, to yeah. Bring. And they, they believe some religions do that, you know, and, and there was uh, you know, Oh, Jesus was over there and he, he was a teacher and he went around and he was showing people the right way to live, the right way to get, uh, back to God. And um, the missionaries believe that, oh, well, we have to go and we have to um, convert uh, Native Americans. We have to convert anybody that isn't Christian, basically, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the name of Jesus. Right. Now, I'm sure God, knowing that he sent Jesus down here um, to aid in humanity's spirituality, um, would have already taken into consideration that all the continents are not together. And he could have made... 40 Jesuses, right. you know, but the thing is, is what makes sense is where Jesus was, you know, in doing that. But then if you go over to the Amazon where there's some uh, tribes, why did they not get a Jesus? Could it be because it could it be because that they already live based on very similar principles right. what of respect of each other? Um, you know, they don't really have uh, uh, some tribes. They don't even have words for hate. You know, it's not even a word in their vocabulary, or they might not even have a word for stealing or something because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, so if they're already living in accordance w- w- with the uh, 
prime principles of respect and love and gratitude, they wouldn't necessarily need a Jesus to go. So they to go in there, they don't need to be saved. Yeah, 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 they don't need to be saved. I mean, I, I'm sure, like you that know, when they die, to me is you, like, you know, that God's not going to go. Oh, well, you guys treated everyone. You know, yeah. you fed people that were hungry. Yeah. You you clothed people that needed uh, clothing, and you sheltered people from the rain. You know. Uh, oh, you're condemned because you don't have a crucifix but in your house. But then I think that that's where you get into applying. And I'm sorry if this sounds if this sounds offensive. I don't mean it to sound offensive, but he you're can edit it. you're applying logic to to religion. And I think that when you apply logic, as in you start asking questions, I think that's when it starts falling apart. Like when you say something geographically. It you know it's impossible for one man like Jesus to reach everyone. So you're saying geographically we didn't need all of those, but like so you're thinking about the world, like you know the world, like you can't just say that like you one person. I'm, I'm getting Jesus, <laughs> no, no, Jesus no. could have invented the you're, printing press, like you, you, <laughs> you know, two thousand years when ago when and saved a lot of trouble. When we think about things like that, like like for example, like Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. like it's like how. <laughs> How could two people give birth to the rest of the world? I, I this, this, actually, this is a question I have about Adam and Eve. When, because I, you know, I, I actually haven't finished the Bible, but I started reading the Bible, and the part where I started being like, "What?" was when they talk about Adam and Eve, and then their children, and then they list all their descendants. But it says that their children went off and found wives. So I'm like, "Well, where did their wives come from?" Mm-hmm. If the first two men, man and woman, was Adam and Eve, and then they had Cain and Abel, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Cain and Abel went off and found wives. Where do the wives come from? Mm-hmm. So I'm Whoa. like, back page. Like, That's dot com. <laughs> and and then there's somebody I know. There's someone out there because I actually had a, somebody say to me when I was reading the Bible that was like, well, it. That's great, but you should really join a group or have someone help you read it. And I'm like, I'm like, why do I need someone to help me read it? You know, I have this version that everyone says is the the best version in English. There's obviously a missing paragraph in there. So somewhere. I'm like, what? And then there's all these people, and I'm just like, okay, so I. That's that's where I just get, you know. Yeah. Well, not to mention, I, I think like a lot of the, you know, I also question that. Um. So like in the Bible, am I taking into consideration that? Kind of whoever was in control of Europe and Rome and everything right, at the time, yeah. So you know, like, they they you had know, their own, you know, you know. Let's burn all these lineage. old ones and, yeah. and and put out something completely different. So you don't really know what kind of uh, things that were mystic, uh, mystic uh, and things got taken out. I mean, right. that, that book uh, has been edited, and even now there's the King James version, and the you know there's so, so many different. So many different. I mean, this is this like, is well, adding on to what you said. Like for me. First of all, I have an issue with anybody that's fanatical in any religion. I think it's dangerous. But being that the majority of our lives was Christianity, and Christianity was the first the religion that I was like, okay, no. I've lived this my whole life, and I'm pulling away from it. And dealing with people like I have a lot of friends that push, family members and friends that push it. And their argument this is where my issue is. When you use the Bible and you're like, the Bible says, well, the Bible says, and that the Bible says is your answer for everything. To me, I'm like, I'm sorry. That is fucking stupid. Like, let's look at the facts here. This is a fact. The Bible that we see now was 
written and rewritten and retranslated, and there's so many different versions. And, and not only just retranslated, but a lot of it, you know, uh, you know, as if you're uh, translating Spanish to English, there's some words that don't translate well. They don't well. translate. Right. There's, but, little, there's, there's so many script. factors yeah. and why, just with what you said, and they're like, well, you have to have someone that reads it. So when I'm like, well, so I have a couple you. good friends that are very uh, devout to their faith, and when they try and uh, when they try to explain it to, well, this is why, and they lose me, and they don't understand. I'm like, but what you're doing right now is you're losing me because my thing is that if you have to decode something, you got to go and when there's so many blatant uh, like contradictions and blatant things that don't make sense and you have to go find ways to decode and take this one and rewrite it or re-put it you together be a Tom Hanks. to explain something to me I'm like okay that when you have to do go through all that to try to support it or prove something you believe that's where I'm kind of like eh I'm good. Because like, if like, you want to, you can believe it if you want, but that's not proving something. Because proving something, to me, fact is one plus one equals two. You see it, you can explain it, it says it here, here's the deal. Now, granted, there are certain things that are, there are not so easily explained, but when something's so complicated where, where it's like a simple question, like, well, we know for a fact that dinosaurs existed, like scientists have found this. There's not some conspiracy to make this shit up. Like, <laughs> They're all fake. Yeah. yeah. Like, Skeletons. we know the just Earth sell toys. is millions of years old, not just 5,000. Like, these are facts. Scientific right. facts have been proven, and you're – because – to me, it's like, all right, you now, you're losing me. Sorry. I do believe in a creator. I believe in a higher power, but my creator gave me a brain and the ability right. to- Right, and it's like you said, humans are not just not flawless. Like, they, humans are very corrupt. You know, we are so susceptible to being corrupted. So it, it reminds you, like, like you were saying about- um, whoever wrote the she's referring to me wrote the story (laughs) like it reminds you of like the history is written by the victors so whoever was in power was able they were the ones (laughs) who were able to pick and choose what went into that book what stayed what went um and it's like you're saying that really over the course of thousands of years, nobody was corrupted to yeah. say, you know what? I actually I think this to my, I'm yeah. writing the Bible, right? You know, I'm I'm in charge here. It's just it. There's no logic there. Like, you know, logically, you think that if a human is in charge, they have power over all of these people. Like religion is power and you have that power that they're not going to abuse it. Yeah. It's like when, when has power ever not been abused? Really? It's, it's human nature too. And if you know, you can control so many people with the fear of not getting into heaven or, you know, Eternal this or damnation. that. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, asking to be corrupted. So with, with Catholicism, like Catholics will argue that, they are the original Christian religion. They are the first. They're the first church. And they're right when it comes to institutionalized Christianity. Because this is a not a this is a, a fact, historical fact. The first Christian church was the Roman Catholic Church. And before that, for many years, they still referred to themselves as Jews. They were just called Christian Jews. Because these were Jews who accepted Jesus as the Messiah. And then Jews that were not didn't accept 
they you know they believe the Messiah is still going to come, and then the prophet that after him, who Muslims believe is the prophet Muhammad, all all written about early in the earliest scriptures. So the problem is that a historical fact when the institutionalized Christianity was formed the Roman Catholic Church it was a political move Constantine realized that oh we've thrown these people to the lions we've done all this stuff that we've tried to do to oppress them but the problem is that Christianity and the teachings of Christ catered to the poor empowered the poor and when you have masses of poor people feeling oppressed and they start to realize you are Eventually, they get angry and they uprise. So as a smart political movie, it's like, oh, we need to adapt this Christianity, but how can we do it and make it work? Well, here's how we do it. We just combine it with our Roman pagan religions. And that's what they did. Right. They took and they took whatever scriptures and gospels were written and they collected them all and they decided this is what we're going to keep, this is what we're not going to keep, and this is what we're going to add in. And that was the formation of the Roman Catholic Church and institutionalized Christianity. And anybody that tells you otherwise, I've yet to find one person who says otherwise that has real evidence or proof. They'd be like, no, this was written before this. And then when you ask them for their proof of it, it's some like made up, like no solid evidence to, to disprove what the overwhelming evidence is, including the Vatican. The Vatican has scriptures that they never put in oh, the Bible. Never, yeah. And yeah. even the Christian well, the Bible. The Ethiopian Bible has uh, 12 books, I believe, uh, more than... 12, 12 more? Well, I was going to say, I, the I Catholic Bible has six more books in it. Because when the... Uh, once the um, Lutheran Church broke away, I think Lutheran was the first non-Catholic form of Christianity. They took out the, the, those six books, and it was down to 60. Catholic Bible still has the extra six books. Um... And then every other Bible that was written after that was just another version of that. You had the yeah, King James version, and this ver and and I'm like, we these are not these are historical facts, people. Like, so if you want to believe or follow that book, fine, but don't don't try to argue with someone who acknowledges the historical facts. And because of the historical facts, they're like, yeah, I'm gonna maybe have some questions. Yeah, and that and and to bring up. Um, people saying, well, it's in the Bible and the Bible says it. So blah, blah, blah. I think that when you're using your beliefs from the Bible to oppress other people mm. and take away rights from other people or to dehumanize people, to condemn people to hell, that is, that's when your religion is, that's an endangering. It's not, I choose to live this way because my religion, it's, I'm going to try to, force others to to live the according to my law and to make it the law of the land and to say you know I'm better than you because I follow this faith and I'm going to heaven. Well, at least I'm not going to hell. Right. It's, it's almost it, like a spiritual the whole, racism. The whole, at least it, I'm not going really, to hell. No, it really is. I'm it jealous is. of you because you're living better than me and you're doing better than me. But guess what? At least I'm not going to yeah, hell. Yeah, and I that that was the thing that and I know that we're talking majority. Uh, Catholic or well, Catholicism and Christianity here, but really, it's because you know we're in. I grew up in upstate New York. Uh, the majority of people yeah. I know, that's their religion. So it's not that I'm like anti Christianity. I re I'm really not a fan of religion of any sort. But yeah. well, mainstream. But um, it that's what started to, to to turn me away from it. Is you know I have these people in my life who are 
preaching, you know, they're preaching these values and it's like, it's like they, they took, take the heart out of everything. It's like, well, you can say, well, I'm, I'm a straight person and I go to church on Sunday and I'm married. I don't, you know, so I'm not, you know, I sin less than other people. Yes. But it's like, but you know, you are not a nice, very nice person. You know, you, you make fun of people. You say mean things about people. You condemn people, you know, mock, you know, in conversation. So I'm like, so you're telling me that you are this good pious person but in in the heart of it you are not very nice and that's when i'm like these people in my life they obviously like, miss that part of the bible that right says it's not like to judge okay others. but what about yeah but what about that you know what about love what about acceptance what you know so i think that is where many many people do turn away because those are the people we're surrounded with you know i know i know more mean <laughs> mean devout christians and i do um very you know very kind you know yeah. i know a few like I, I have a few good friends who are very very devout and i think it's also where you live because in the right. city you meet I, there i feel like people of every religion and somewhere like new york where you have a mixed population and people expose to other cultures people are a lot more open-minded right um, I, I, one of the, general, one of the things I like about New York City is like I feel like there my experience with people of different faiths there is, but no, to continue. So and and that's something that I've learned to separate is the faith and religion. Mm-hmm. Um, like I in in the beginning of the show I mentioned that I think that faith and spirituality are very important to living a fulfilled life, and I that's not to say I think any you know it's not my job to to determine whether people are fulfilled or not i just think that to you know if you you know you believe in something you you love life you you find that faith in your existence that's great and i don't think it needs to come from one religion but um i think the most um the most fulfilled people are usually people who realize that you know they they go to church because they enjoy it they go to church because they like tapping into their spirituality and the prayer and the community that you know they're the people who go to church because it's bettering them versus the people who go to church because they want to get into heaven i think that's a difference so whether you go to church or whether you um pray at home or you meditate or you you know you hike hiking is your church like i think the difference no matter what is that it's your faith versus your religion. You know, how yeah. how tapped into your faith are you really? So... Yeah, the church thing, um, you know, there's been times where, you know, if you're not at church for a little bit, you know, and then you run into that one person that goes to your church, <laughs> you know, uh, there's been times where I had to work and um, I'd run into my pastor at the gym. And, you know, I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to say to this guy, you know? And he's like, oh, you, you haven't really, you know, been there. And I'm like, well, I, you know, because of our schedules, not not everybody has off on every Sunday, right, you know, to right. actually get to where they want to go. Um, you know, and, and I explained that to him, but I also told him, look, I pray at my house. You, you know, when, you know, uh, they, they say the kingdom of God is within, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about it, Jesus didn't have a church. He never built one, mm-hmm. you know, even though his father was a carpenter. <laughs> it did, yeah. I guess it didn't occur to him <laughs> to build a church then. Um, but he also didn't work from a Bible. You know, those are mm-hmm. things that were written, you know. After. after, after 500 fa- years yeah, he after. Did, he didn't have that. He didn't have that. So, I mean, he was teaching, and in, in I don't recall uh, any, you know, I, I don't know the Bible 
from page one to page whatever, you know, verbatim as some do. And, uh, but I don't recall him actually chasing people down. You know, mm-hmm. it was people searching for him and searching mm-hmm. for truth and, and him taking them under, uh, right. his tutelage, Yeah, you know, and it, and it was, so anybody, I don't really have too much respect for people. I don't know if they have some back deal with God to get commission <laughs> based on the souls that they save. Tides. But, you know, I look at it, it like your parents. I mean, your parents tell you not to do something or they beat something into your head and you're like eh, you go in the opposite direction yeah you know so it's you're not really conveying a, a easy you know yeah. beautiful thing yeah, when you're coming and, and beating people and trying to scare right. the oh, yeah. scare the crap out no, of them exactly. saying you're like gonna, you need to be inter- christian the only type of people to to you're really gonna you gain to- that way are weak-minded people yeah people yes. who are afraid and i think and, and that's be the- like there's a quote, you know, I don't, to paraphrase it, essentially I've seen it. It says, you know, if I live my life based on the rules of the Bible and um, it, I die and it turns out heaven isn't for real, like at least, at least I did, I'm safe. Or and then it Better says, but, safe than sorry. But if you yeah. live your life in sin and you find out hell is real, like that's what this, this yeah. I've seen it, you know, floating around and it's like, is that, re- is that you really a good afraid. reason? Is that really a... Yeah. Like, you're saying, well, if, you know, if I don't do all these things and heaven's not real, oh, well, at least... You know, that's how you're living out of fear, and I don't... It's just... Yeah, it's got to come naturally. Yeah. I mean, you, gotta, you have to want that, and I think, you know, you yeah. have to respect the other people's beliefs, and, you know, not everyone finds God, Jesus, Muhammad... Krishna, whatever, yeah, yeah. at the same point in their life, yeah. you know, and and I think that most of them have the same principles. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you know, be respectful, don't steal, don't mm-hmm. go kill somebody, right. you know, and, don't and try to steal their woman or guy. It's like all the main good things, man, like all you need is just that. Yeah. The main much. good principles that you find in any religion, you find in every religion somewhere at the root of it, which You're is right. why right. I think right. that at the root of every, every religion, there's good. But there's an observation that I've made when it comes to people that are fanatical in any religion. And and and, and I don't mean to keep beating up on the Christians. Let me get into my experience with Islam, too, just so just so they don't know. But in my experience with fanatical people, most fanatical people who are like that whole got to push the religion and everybody else is wrong and and my way is the only way are usually people that have some sort of like mental disorder or like mental illness or are like a drug addict or like have some kind of and I'm not trying to be mean I'm just saying like trying to overcompensate no no some kind of thing where without their really without the religion they would be like a garbage person or like a bad person so like I have family members I have a cousin who He's pretty fanatical, but like I will take him as this fanatical Christian well, it, it over like an OD and, and like overdosing on heroin and seeing right. him in a bed. But the problem is where, where the only thing that concerns me is that if you get to a point where you find out everything you believe is not the case, are you going to go back to being, you know, the garbage person you were before or what, you know, that is my only concern with people. And not saying my cousin was a garbage person. He just happened to be an addict, but I'm saying with other people, I know other people that they have severe issues and religion is kind of their, I need this so that I don't behave like a freaking garbage person. And I'm always like, so if you find out something's wrong, does that mean you're going to be the garbage person? And to add to that point, the other thing that I observed is that whole like, 
you have to believe what I believe or you're going to go to hell. It's an insecurity thing. Yeah, I, yes. It's really the fear that maybe you don't necessarily believe what you believe, but you're afraid that what you believe might be wrong, so you have to convince everybody else they have to believe it well, too. There's, there's another way to look at that. I mean, if you're in uh, insecure about actually, hmm, am I believing the right thing, then you also have to make the assumption is, what if one of these other religions are right? Mm-hmm. So so then instead of you know actually beating your own religion into someone else's head be it whatever I mean I know we're kind of touching more on Christianity than anything else but um what if mm-hmm. you know you play the what if what if uh you know uh one of the other religions are right and then boom you're dead right mm-hmm. so it, it would probably make sense to respect everybody and then actually have, you know, and, if you're there you and then and then God comes with Rastafarian me? dreadlocks, yeah. you know, and you're like, hey, I've always always respected, uh, you know, your people. You, you know, you might get in through, you know, through the, knowing somebody, kind of like a club, you know. Oh, this guy's the, cool. This guy's cool. Let him slide. Yeah. He's, at the end of the day, I do feel that we face some kind of judgment when we die, which is why I still believe I, I, I to me, creationism makes sense because... We are just so complex. And I'm not saying maybe a Big Bang Theory happened at some point and that's where our creator came from. But I'm saying looking at our universe as a whole, human existence, where we are, I believe that it makes sense. We were made by intelligent design. So and it makes sense to me that if we were made by intelligent design, that angels or or prophets or whatever to bring messages to kind of guide us along the way. That makes sense to me. Um, which is kind of how I found Islam. So at the time I found Islam, I kind of broke away from after my parents died and I really, and I went to college and started educating myself and started learning history and seeing a lot of the bullshit in religion that made no sense. I had been in certain thought processes in my heart. I was still like, I do feel that there's a God and I have a connection to him, but I don't know what I believe. My brother and my cousin converted to Islam first. And both of them throughout our lives have always been very, uh, I'm not fanatical is not the word, but very devout to religion. Uh, both of them have kind of. I honestly feel that between the two of them, their calling and if we were living in the times of Whitmire nature, their role in the family would be the spiritual guides. My brother would be the preacher. My cousin would be a preacher as well, like the spiritual guides in our family, because they both throughout our lives were always into the church more than the rest of us, and. So my brother is a type, though, where he's that guy where if he believes something, he's going to push it on you. He's going to try to convince you. And at that point, I was like, I'm not going to argue with my brother unless I know what I'm talking about. So I started studying Islam to be able to argue with him. And as I started studying <laughs> late it, at night, <laughs> as yeah. I started studying it, I started to be like, wow, I, I kind of already believe this. This is already in alignment with what I believe already. So. I embrace the religion like I took my Shahada, which is what, you know, that's when you embrace Islam and you say, this is my religion. And I began practicing the religion. But even at the time I did it, I did it with saying there's certain things about this that I don't agree with. Like so when I was talking to one, he was one of the most knowledgeable sheikhs in the world, Sheikh Walid. It was him and another uh, friend of mine, Mujahid, good guy. They were like, well, you know, there's the Quran and then there's the book Hadith too. There's two parts to it. And I was like, well, you know, when I read the Quran, something about it feels like this is is spiritual scripture, that this is a message that came from somewhere. But I don't know if I can accept this whole book Hadith thing because it just sounds like Christianity to me. And they were right. just kind of, well, you know, 
take it in doses, but the most important thing is profess your faith, take your shahada, whatnot. So I did, and I practiced Islam for um, a few years. And one of the things that made me withdraw was when I started, I would go to, I would go to, not only Twisted, it's not every masjid. There's some, some kuppas that I would go to, which, you know, you go to Juma on Fridays. For Muslims, it's Fridays. And there was amazing, touched me right to my heart. Um, I noticed, and once again, this was when I was in Binghamton and I started going to mosque here. Like some of the kuppas were so judgmental. And I, I more than once I would hear one particular guy give a kuppa on the same thing about homosexuality and it's homophobic and the, and I, it just turned me away. I'm just kind of like, first of all, when the majority of your message is about what's wrong with someone else and their lifestyle, instead of focusing on what we can do for ourselves, that's a turnoff. But secondly, when you, you know, if you're focusing that much on one topic, I think maybe you have some issues that you aren't with. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, I can't be a part of this. Like, I'm not going to believe that my uncle's going to hell because he's gay. Because God made him that way. And there's no doubt in my mind that he was born that way. And, you know, without going into that subject too much, because that's another show, is I think that there's a reason for that. That God probably designed that for a reason for to, instance, to based on your response, pop. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, 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 I mean, it's. It, it, it's, I, it's I, I put it this way: like uh, a person being gay is is their um their experience in in uh, their uh, test, but how you perceive them is your test. Well, so, I'm gonna tell you my thoughts on it, especially in my family. The same reason all mutations happen, and mutations are not in a negative context. Don't someone take that and be like, oh. Red, red hair is a mutation. Green eyes are a mutation. They happen for the purpose of natural selection so that we don't overpopulate. And I feel like homosexuality is that. And especially like in my family where we're some fertile-ass people who populate, you got to have somebody that, ain't, that isn't going to naturally pro add more to the population. Like, I, I, in my mind, I think that that is a natural mutation by design. So, but anyway, but my point is, is that I started to see this. There's the same thing in every religion. You have people that are fanatical and jump on soapboxes and try to use religion. Exactly what you said to me at the end of the day is if it helps you become, a, if it helps you be a better person and interact and you do it for based on faith and spirituality, like just like going to the gym to work out, you do it to keep your body healthier. Different people take different, different approaches, then fine. But the minute you start utilize using your religion to oppress others, that is where it's dangerous and that, I, and that I have a problem with it. And I say, like, you are one of the few, I don't ever remember, as long as I've known you, you've identified as a Christian, and I don't ever remember a time I've ever heard you judge anybody else or preach any kind of, like, whoa, if you don't do this, you're going to hell, or ever give off any kind of negative uh, um Connotations in a negative manner, but unfortunately, that's just not the case no, with everybody. With a lot of people, and um, it's any religion and too. I, have, like, I know plenty. You know, of I have Muslims a, the same way. I have a very close friend of mine that is, that is actually uh, Hungan, which is a, a voodoo priest, and you know, I've been exposed <laughs> to you know the way that he handles thing and in, in his faith in in that religion, and you know, and still uh, at, at points, you know, people, you know, in the Bible they say, oh, you shouldn't you know, hang out with people like that. Well, if you shouldn't hang out with people like that, then why would you try to convert people that aren't 
Christian because you're already right. going yeah. against what, what you're saying. But you're you, already you trying to try surround to yourself. You can them, but you can't be friends with them. Exactly. But, you know, Je- you, you know Jesus was, you know, you know, helping thieves and prostitutes and, you, you know, with, everybody. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was he wasn't guilty by, by association. By yeah, but he would no one considered him a thief or any you know a, a gigolo or anything because he hung out with you know unscrupulous people. Yeah. You know, so you know, in in my buddy, I see I you know I see the good. Uh, you know, I try to look at the good in everybody, and you know, I think a lot of people don't understand exactly what that what that faith is. I mean, it, it's older than, uh, you know, than Christianity, uh, you know, originating from Africa where there was shamans oh my God, and, we and didn't everything. Even touch into those. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the so, thing is, is, but people, you know, because of Hollywood and stuff and, you know, which perpetuates 99% of the problems in there. I mean, everything's a big propaganda commercial. You look at all the, the war movies that come out and they're glorifying going over and shooting somebody, right. you know, you, you yeah. know, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, I, I would be looked at by some people and say, oh, his, you know, his friend is, you know, voodoo. So then they think like that I'm doing it all the time. And I'm like, that's not, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's not, you know, that's not, not where it's at. You know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah. there, there's a respect and, and there's a divide and stuff. And, and I pay attention to it, um, to what he does and what he says, because I want that info. How does this relate to my spirituality, my soul's development, um, does it fill in the gaps? Yeah. I mean, there's so many gaps in everything um, in the Bible, the Quran, and, and, and stuff, and things that are just aren't answered. And then you go to your pastor or uh, spiritual leader, and they fill, they try to fill it in, and, and they do so based on their experience, not necessarily yours and what you have to go to, uh, right. go through. Um, so what, what I do is I gather the intel. You know, yeah. and stuff. And, and how does it relate to my structure? My structure is Christianity. And how can I better understand my Christianity uh, without actually seeing what is out there? And how does it relate to it? Does it make sense? You know, there's certain things like in the Bible um, that they say, oh, when you die, you go to heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Right. But then um, but then there's another thing that says that when you die, you got to wait for Jesus to come back to take your soul. Well, I thought I was going to heaven or hell. So how, how can I go to heaven or hell? But then I'm still here waiting for him to so come back. So many conflicting stories. Yeah, well, yeah. well, the thing is, is there's uh, in varying religions in voodoo, I, I believe in uh, ancient Egypt and I think Shintoism and uh, there's a few others that they actually believe that there is two souls to a body. And one is like your ego, your personality and everything else. And the other one is the soul that, you know, like the, the breath of life that God gave you. Yeah. You, you know, so the only way for that passage in the in the Bible to actually make sense is to go along the lines of you have two souls, yeah. you know, and your one, your ego, your, your personality self um, stays here. You know, is the other one goes back up to God and kind of reports yeah. and then like that's like the battery, you know, like yeah. that that comes back down. And if you believe in reincarnation, that would be the thing that come would come back down and, and go into yeah. other other lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so that's pretty much like what I believe. It's not a total Christian concept, but it's the only thing to me that fills in the gaps. So when I look back at, you know, with, with how much like now in the media age and everything and how many times the Bible's been reprinted and I don't know how many times like uh, what, what do you have? Is it the the Quran? The Quran. Yeah. Right. How many times do you believe that's been rewritten? Well, so this is an argument Muslims will make. Well, the Quran has never been rewritten and it, and it is the most accurate depiction of the Judeo-Christian faith. Like it hasn't been rewritten um, 
as many times. But there's they'll tell you it's never been. But there's one falsehood to that. The very first printed Quran was written in a long script. the The current Quran, which is in Arabic, um, which is, that's the only language it's ever ever been in, is written in a shorthanded Arabic. So there are some. There is some difference. Nothing significant enough that it will completely change. So what you have now, though, is what's called the transliteration of the Quran. That's why if you become Muslim, you're encouraged to learn Arabic so that you can read the Quran in its original um, text that was revealed. Here's my issue with it, where I argue with, with Muslims. So, allegedly, the Quran, post the death of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him the Quran was memorized it was only known by memory people memorized it for and I'm drawing a blank and I'm going to get chastised for I think maybe 70 years before they actually or maybe it might have actually been 20 something years I got to like but it was a long time that it was only memorized before they actually printed it so to me sorry I you can't tell me that that there's nothing lost in translation translation in the human mind, and it's the same explanation. Divine power, it's uh, it's Allah's will. Like, sorry, but no, human beings are human beings. I don't have faith in men, so that's the first issue. The second issue is that very much like the Vatican, the main uh, hierarchical point of um, Islam is in Saudi Arabia. In Mecca and Medina, there's a, you know, and they, you have the scholars who make decisions for the religion, very similar to the Vatican. And my issue is that Saudi Arabia and the Saudi government and royal family who pretty much controls this stuff doesn't even live by it themselves. So once again, I'm like, mm, yeah, there's probably some hustling going on and, and there's a means to control people and control the masses. So, you know, there's some aspects of it that if you are going to believe in the Judeo-Christian faith, I do believe in it's factually proven that Islam is the most accurate or concurrent or um, consistent teaching of it because it talks about the prophet Muhammad and you can find it in the Bible and original and Christianity diverted what the Messiah was supposed to be post Roman Catholicism. Like Jews don't believe that, the Messiah is going to come and be crucified and die. All that was new. That's that's all like from the teachings of Mithra and, and all, you know, that was infused in Christianity. So in the Quran, it is there's it's not as many as the Bible. So so no, there's not as many uh, different versions or anything like that. The Quran is a little different, but also the other thing is in the order that it's written. These are recitations that people heard the prophet Muhammad say. So every everything you read in the Quran is a, a, a something the prophet Muhammad was reciting. And the majority of the Quran, if you read it, is the Bible. Right. <laughs> it's right. the same stuff that's in the Bible. The same prophets, the same stories, the same, you know, uh, uh, from mostly the and, Old Testament. And I, don't, I wonder what percentage of the population even knows that. I didn't know, you know? that. I thought... That Muslims were these terrorists that wore turban, and like, like I said, I didn't know the difference between uh, Muslims and Hindus. Like most, still a lot of people in Texas, unfortunately, don't. No. Um, Jesus is the most quoted prophet in the Quran, and Muslims believe that Jesus will return someday 
as the Messiah. They don't believe he's the begotten son of a God. And they call him the son of God. They see as disrespectful because you're implying that the creator of all things could beget. You know what I mean? Yes. But they do believe he was born of immaculate conception, that he was born of a virgin. They do be- that he's the Messiah. That's what a Messiah is. Someone born of immaculate conception. Um, they believe most, mostly everything is concurrent with Christianity until uh, they don't believe he was crucified. They believe someone else was crucified, which I disagree with. I, I, I'm kind of with like Reza Aslan on that. Like, eh, there's no proof in here. It just it says he was delivered, which could have a million different. That can mean in different things, and people have come up with different theories. Oh, it was Judas that was crucified, but it doesn't say that in the right. Quran. I've, I've seen it do- that. It doesn't say that in the Quran. Like it's these other. Um, you know, like any religion, people make up their own. There's so many different versions of Islam. Yeah. It, well, even uh, the Hindus um, believe that Jesus is real and actually went there to uh, India to teach. It's possible. Y- you, you know, Look, the I Bible mean, leaves out a big, have, huge chapter have, of his oh, life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, nobody big. sees. Like the main, I'm like, that doesn't make you a little like. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, they have text, uh, ancient texts in their temples and stuff. They, they refer to him as Isa. Like yeah. Well, Isa is just Arabic for Jesus, right? And, right. and, and remember that Jesus, even in his language, was Yeshua. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we did. Shua. It's, it's the convert. <laughs> it's the it's the you know once again, and, and it's just some like idiots that these Christians are like they believe in all. I remember my grandma said to me one time, and I was like, Grandma, I love you, but that was so stupid. <laughs> I know one thing: Jesus is Lord, not Allah. And I'm like, you know that Allah is the Arabic trans. That's the translation for just God. Another barrier, it man. The no, language it, barrier. It just means too. God. So even Christians and Jews who speak Arabic refer to God as Allah. That's you know, it's not. And well, back people, in the, I think it was like the thirty, the twenties and the thirties, there was a, a Hindu sage, Parahamsa Yogananda, that actually came to the United States, and I mean, he actually taught, you know, ab- about Jesus and made a lot of reference. You know, to uh, if you read the autobiography of a yogi, which yeah. I recommend, which, which uh, I think it was um, George Harrison of the Beatles read it, um, Steve Jobs, you know, read it and stuff. And, you know, it, it helps people to get enlightened and it kind of puts into a perspective. Here's a guy from, you know, that that's not, you know, that's supposed to be Hindu. You think he's worshiping, you know, everything with uh, forearms or, you know, that's blue, with you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, and here he is, you know, with a lot of uh, teachings, you know, uh, about Jesus. And, and also, it's interesting to see his perspective on his translation of the meanings of certain passages of the Bible, you know, in, in relation to spirituality. Um, the reference that Jesus made of this is uh, this type of meditation or something like that. So it's, you know, it, it gave me, I, I read that and that book was very influential in um, making sense of certain things. And also... I was amazed because it was the first time that I was introduced to actually, you know, some somebody that's Hindu, and I was like, wow, they even recognize Jesus, <laughs> you know. And not only that, but he's highly regarded and considered a master, you know, to many in India, which you wouldn't think, you know. And and a lot of people don't know, so you know, like without that knowledge that is power, and and anymore, I think knowledge is enlightenment. You know, to actually, you know, see that, wow, you know, Jesus is recognized by different religions. And and I'm not just tooting, you know, Jesus's horn. um, But the the (laughs) thing, yeah, but, you know, I think, boom, boom. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that, you know, 
Christianity in general is really um, kind of standoffish in, in the acceptance of, you know, what is out there. You know, if you told them, you'd be like, well, you know, damn right, Jesus is, you know, they should recognize him yeah. and stuff like that. But you know what? Th- then at least give them their due and in, in recognize Muhammad and recognize, you know, uh, Buddha and, you know. Well, the Krishna thing is, and, when it comes to things. Islam, people are so, like, because of the way the media is today— and, and it's a political reason. It has nothing to do with being against Islam, but it's an easy religion to use to justify why we are taking military actions in oil-rich countries. And, of course, dummies, idiots, sorry for lack of a better way to put it, are like, oh, they want to leave this and they're going to do that. They want to do No, you idiots. If Muslims really believed in killing all non-Muslims, we'd be dead already. There's over a, a billion Muslims in the world. It's It's... it's just, just stop. Yeah, they show that. They like, show that one it, it side. It says of it. in the Quran, "Kill the infidels." You want me to show you all the passages in the Bible where it talks about killing people? Infidel does not refer specifically in those in the in the context to people who who are Muslim at that time when these actions were happening. When the Prophet Muhammad was going around and they were fighting, it wasn't to make people believe in the religion. It was the liberation of what was happening at that time. Cause Islam was a way of life and it liberated a lot of people. Like it gave women, despite what people think it actually gave women rights because at that time the practice was to be a woman was, uh, bad. It was negative. If people would kill their daughters, like they didn't like a, if a girl was born a daughter, they'd go kill the baby. A lot in of the cultures. Field. They're like, Yo, <laughs> yeah. when you're a woman, you're, you're inferior. You're not, you're second class. Where Islam actually places women pretty high. They have rights. They have all those other countries where they don't allow women to do stuff that claim to be Muslim countries. These are political things that happen where people started to change things that were actually what originally took place. Um, there, There's so much stuff taken out of context and it happens with every religion. And of course, you're going to have political groups that call themselves someone like ISIS that says we're... Islam, just like the KKK claims they're a Christian organization. Right. Although what they believe goes against what Jesus... They don't even believe Jesus was a Jew. Jesus was not a Jew. Oh, okay. So what was he? A white Aryan living in the Middle East whose mother was born in Africa? You know, like... With blue eyes. Yeah. Like, they've scientifically proven they found descendants of Abraham and linked them directly to a tribe in Africa that's black as day. Which also, I mean, not that that matters because they scientifically proven that all human beings, every one of us, they can trace our DNA back to Africa. So at one point in time, all human beings were black Africans through years of evolution that changed. from Africa. Yeah. I mean, through years of evolution that that changed. Once again, a whole nother episode. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, once again... If you don't take the time to hear what other people are, believe, if you're automatically, you don't know shit about the religion accurately, but you're quick to judge based on something you hear, like you're an idiot and you're part of the problem of what's wrong in the, in the world. The key is believe what you believe for your thing, but be open to hear what other people believe and understand that maybe if God has a plan for everybody, then his plan for them is different for what his plan is for yeah. you. And and I think it's like, uh, you know, anybody that has a differing opinion, you know, like in, in society now, we're just all so defensive, you know, that nobody can say anything because instantly if it conflicts with what you think, you take it as a personal attack. 
and like, oh, oh, I'm thing. wrong. It's I'm that wrong? insecurity thing. Uh, you you yeah. know, like I'm wrong about my religion. It's you, what you I was know? saying earlier with and the insecurity. Like, you know, and in, in, in the end, I mean, if you look, you know, in God is all powerful and all knowing and, and everything else, you know, then, you know, it could mean that everybody's right and everybody's wrong at the same time. You yeah. know, you know what I mean? And, and it, it's not I mean, the human life expectancy, 70, 80 years or whatever, we're all going to meet the same freaking truth mm. in the end. So if you want to spend... Maybe. Most maybe we won't. Maybe no, we won't. Know. Maybe I won't see you at the party. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's like, you know, in that, you know, we, we should ultimately, you know, if there is that one truth, that one true truth, and we all, you know, die, we'll all be there. So, so there's no sense in freaking out for you know the 70 years that that you're on earth and making life miserable for other people which in mm-hmm. turn eventually it's going to make life miserable for you because it's going to it's going to come back and and you know some people go oh what is that karma or i don't believe in karma no i don't i don't care if you believe in karma or cause and effect or whatever i mean you want to believe in cause and effect it's a natural law of physics mm-hmm. right. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. um so, you know, if you want to waste your time, I mean, just that hate is going to consume you, right. you know, and, and whatever, whatever you hate and whatever you're putting your attention to is going to be drawn to you. So if you're judgmental, you're going to be judged, yeah. you know, and if if you're putting out there hate and stuff, people are going to start hating on you and whatever. It's kind of like, you know, whatever, you know, like the the racist uh, parents that don't want their kid to date right. the black guy, their daughter goes and dates yeah. a black guy and has four kids by him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like the rebellion, the rebellion the rebellious will happen nature. in your yeah. face. You know, so, I mean, I do not want to waste my life, you know, sitting there judging people because, you know what, I didn't, I wasn't raised the way they were raised. I wasn't raised in the Amazon to right. not know Jesus yeah. or, you know, it, but they live with good principles. That's all I break it down to is mm-hmm. like, Absolutely. you know, you could, you could choose a religion. You don't have to choose a religion. You, you could be atheist. You know, you treating me with respect. Are you treating, you know, are you sh- uh, jamming something in my face, yeah. you know, and trying to tell me how to live in this and that? Well, if you're doing that, you're not really even living by your own principles, yeah. y- you know, th- that you want me to adhere to. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so oh, it's man, like it's, you're already being a hypocrite. You, you know, know, the funny thing is it's some, it's some atheists are ju- to me, they're just as bad as fanatical because yeah. I'm like, so I'm like, so you sound stupid, too. You so you mean it, you your, your mind is made up that if yeah. you're a true atheist, a lot of people I've, I've realized call themselves atheists. And as it turn, I talk to them I'm like, well, you're not really an atheist. You're agnostic. And at least if you're agnostic. OK, you, you you're saying. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in it. It could be something where if you're an atheist that you're like, you're so stupid because you believe. And I'm like, look, man, same argument I have with them that I have with people who try to push the Bible down my throat. The evidence to me points more towards it makes more sense that there is supernatural beings and something higher than there's not. You know what I'm saying? Not saying it's what this person says is, but. I it makes more sense to me that there is something else and that we that human beings didn't evolve from fungus. Like I, I don't think a state of consciousness we're becoming a fungus. I don't think a state of consciousness <laughs> comes from, you know, it's it, it, I think it's much deeper than that. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're an atheist, or a Christian, whatever, at the end it's 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 just like you said. How do you treat people? I respect right. anybody by how you treat people. Treat others how you want to be treated. Unless you're into S and M and stuff, <laughs> then don't, uh, then don't do own. it. Yeah, sadistic. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing, nothing un. Yeah. Uh, what's unless, the word? Unless you're a glutton for punishment and like <laughs> bad things happening. Consensual. <laughs> <Then don't. laughs> right. Yeah. Unless, unless you're right. Yeah. But ask them first. Yeah. 
Um. Anyway, we 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 uh we gotta wrap up here. It's hard. This is a great conversation. Um. We gotta. We do gotta wrap up the show here. Uh. Rick. Uh. What are you working on? What do you got? What do uh, people... in a couple of weeks? Um. Be filming a feature length movie called The Stay. It, it's a horror. And oddly enough, I I didn't really want to write a horror. Um. In my writing, what I try to do is convert at least some message that gets across. Uh. So you know, be it faith or whatever. I don't really kind of try to put out there anything that's just scaring the crap out of people <laughs> you know there's enough people scared in the world walking around confused um so that's coming out we're filming that in two weeks uh we're looking to get a theatrical distribution we we do have uh the producers have uh a connect with that so like we're gonna explore that and hopefully get it into theaters if not um you know we're gonna look to go netflix or or something like that the, uh, the producers do have some good connects so i feel pretty strong that it's gonna make it somewhere yeah. You're a great yeah. writer too, man. I've read a lot of Rick's The comedies scripts. mainly. He's got some the good comedies. stuff. The comedies are, are out there. And the, and I've I've been conflicted with that for a long while like based on like my writings and my comedy. I'm like, uh, do I really is it okay to kind of poke fun at this and that and uh, stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, you know what? As long as everybody's laughing, who cares? Yeah, you got to do what you got, you know, it's art yeah. is art and Yeah, I can always get a different pen. And where can people find <laughs> I can get you? A different where pen can name. people find you? Social media. Yeah, whatnot. social media. Richard Harlost, H A R L O S T. If I just say it and everyone will be typing in everything crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um uh Facebook, I'm on there. I'm on uh LinkedIn, uh Twitter, although I hardly ever go to it. Um Instagram, you know, it, yeah. The name Richard Harlost and that's pretty much okay. the way to find me the easiest. Thanks for being with us, man. Hey, thanks for coming thanks for out. I hope to have you again. We'll again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your um, time. Thanks for the interesting thoughts, you know, a lot of unique perspectives, and it's always cool to get somebody with, ex you know, some experience, and that's what we're here for. We want different opinions. We want, you know unfortunately my brother and i kind of share most of our opinions so we're always i'm just trying glad to i wasn't attacked oh we're, no no we don't attack <laughs> no, we're, we're always trying you know say i had a friend uh dante who I, I don't know if he's an atheist or agnostic but he falls in that category and he wanted to be on but he's in florida um we would have had you know we we want to have people with different opinions so yeah. send us emails yep email us it's at T-I-L-I Truth Radio on Instagram and Twitter. That's Teely Truth Radio. And Telling It Like It Is is produced by myself, Matt Ely, Veronica Ely, and Zara Vignola. Special thanks to Madeline Ely, who is handling our social media now. Remember, we're not Democrats, we're not Republicans, we're not conservatives, we're not liberals, we're realists, and we're always telling it like it is.